that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So see that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. We are here for the 199th time on this platform for a special episode that's going to recap a little bit about a very important trip that we took, some members of the Italian American Podcast family, and I have all of them here with me today. Uh, coming to us from Scranton, Pennsylvania, is our fearless executive producer, Ms. Stephanie Longo. Ms. Rosella Rago is here with us from Brooklyn, New York, and of course from Jersey, the Italian-American Wikipedia, Patrick O'Boyle. And the reason that we have waited to get everybody together for this show is because, like I say, the four of us and some team members from the Italian Sons and Daughters in America, our sponsor for our web series, we just made a pretty unique four-stop trip to California to see the Italian side of California for our YouTube series, Greetings from Italian America. And I thought... It would be a great excuse as summer draws to a close and we go into editing on these episodes to kind of sit down and recap the really interesting conclusions that I think all of us came to around Italian-American life in at least these four cities in California. So, guys, I don't know about you guys, but I thought California was an incredible trip, right? Oh, yeah. It's the land of fruits and nuts. Isn't that what they say? (laughs) Yeah. It was great. It was a fun trip. I wish they all could be California Italians. Yeah, they were nice people. I felt really welcomed. Is it that they're nice people or everybody outside of New York is nice? <laughs> probably just, we <laughs> do say that everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, we say that. <laughs> I felt at home. I have to say that. I thought everybody was really friendly. I saw a lot of similarities between what I grew up with in Italian America versus there. And I just felt like everybody really wanted to get to know everybody else. Like there were a lot of questions going back and forth. Like while you guys were filming and I was talking to the other people that were in the organizations, like in San Francisco at the athletic club, everybody was asking me questions about my Italian experiences out here. And then I was asking them about theirs and there were more similarities than differences it was great let's go through a little bit about why we did the trip and, and what we did so why why did we do the trip <laughs> because we couldn't get to italy that's very true you're right that's a great that's not if it's california but we were going to go to italy this summer but because it's the virus that will never end <laughs> yeah we got booted. on and on. wasn't that a song from your childhood yeah, the, it was the, from the nineties. Everybody's childhood. Yeah, not mine. No, no, not mine. Not mine. Yeah, the, the puppet lady. Did she's been doing it since the sixties? Yeah, no, no I, I never remember heard it. That. That's that was Aunt, my brother's time. They played that. It's the we song learned that in kindergarten. Yeah, it goes on and on, my friend. Like this virus. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the, it's uh, the 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 lamb chop song. Oh, I would prefer a Mario Metalo <laughs> Neapolitan version of the song that never ends. Because it's a song that'll never end. Yeah, we were supposed to go to Italy. That was the original goal. I'd much rather be in San Pedro than Italy. Really? They were nice people. They were 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 nice people. Yeah, we we had planned with the ISDA, Italian Sons and Daughters of America, our sponsor for the 
uh, Greetings from Italian America series that we do on YouTube. Our plan was to go to Italy. We worked for weeks and weeks and weeks to see if we could put it together, but it was just too difficult with the travel, you know, very, very hard for us to get that pulled off. And we had booked the time. And uh, originally, Pat and I had a meeting pop up in San Francisco unrelated to the shows. And so we said, okay, let's try to combine all these things. And it took us a little bit of uh, a little bit of logistical juggling to get it, but we were able to get everybody out there, all four of us. And Stephanie came in uh, her role as producer. And then two representatives from the ISDA came to participate with us and kind of work on what's going to be a, a big four episode. They were arc. kind of like military advisors in a war. <laughs> yes, they were. That's right. ISDA sending military advisors. <laughs> yeah, they were there Coming to advise for the, for, the, for the battle in Angola. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly true. But I think everybody had a great time. We we did four stops. We did. Uh, we arrived in San Diego, made our way up to San Pedro, which is predominantly Italian American, even still, and then up to Greater LA, and then uh, up to San Francisco for a couple of days. Uh, before we talk about what we thought, I think we- the most. Can, can I just jump in? Yeah. I think the most impressive part of the trip was that Roe thought that the Liguria focaccia was better than the than her own, than the Barres one. <laughs> I, at no time said that. I, heard, I, I think I heard that. I think they got it on film. I, I think I, you said I, that Liguria made a better focaccia than Lola. <laughs> I was stunned. The Ro, what was it? The it onion was one? I don't... Focaccia, but it was still very good. But it still is <laughs> not. I, I don't know. We're going to have to go to the videotape. The videotape might disagree. <laughs> I think you had a moment of truth and that was the most Italian bakery. Cause you couldn't go in with a camera. Yeah, that's true. That was the most <laughs> Italian moment. You could buy my focaccia. You could talk outside, but I don't want to be involved. They weren't uh, the nicest, but we wore him down after, after a few minutes. No, he was were- nice. He was Italian. He was just worried. The guy, I understand those people. That was a very New Jersey moment. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> you want to take a picture. I'll give you, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who you are. Why are you bothering me? I've been here for 3,000 years, and I've never bothered you. But while you guys were filming, he came out, and he started talking to me about everything, and he explained to me why. And I guess it's because he's had people before that have filmed him or interviewed him for articles and have misquoted him. And I was trying to reassure him. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Oh. These people, we're going to make this very positive. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, he was talking to me about everything under the sun about the bakery. I got a nice education there. But then I was like, all right, well, now that you've told me all this stuff and you've shown me some things from the door, why don't I get them over here? He's like, no, I'm sorry. I, I can't. So I what, was the name? what was the name of that Liguria place? Bakery. Liguria. It was good. It was fantastic. That focaccia was excellent. Uh, they, they, it, I, I, I could eat. I was. It was like um, a foretaste of paradise. That really was phenomenal. What like stands out in in my mind about this entire trip was like how productive we were. I mean, we literally landed. John, John ran us like it was the Batan Death March up at five. <laughs> the flight is at six thirty. Your bags must be at six oh seven in front of your door. Then we're gonna. Yeah, we worked. Juwan, it was exhausting. You, yeah, absolutely. I, I need people said, "Oh, you went on vacation? What vacation?" Mm-mm. No, it was exhausting. I, I mean, it was exhausting. We went straight to San Diego to the hotel. Couldn't check into the hotel. I did my makeup in the van. Like we were like <laughs> like within 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 the hour. We, I would I spilled a half a bottle of wine on John. We ate pizza. We like <laughs> went we back. We went for a full tour. We saw every Italian American business in San Diego's Little Italy. <laughs> every friggin' market, every little piazza, everything. And then we like went and had dinner and we fed Pat uh, vegan Italian food. 
Now, that was <laughs> that was now, see because they they it's the millennial let's play a joke on Pat. But I I found um what was I gonna say? I don't even know what I was gonna say. Where was I going with this? San Diego. Oh, we one day we ate in six restaurants in one day. That is the truth. We had a film in six restaurants. Yep, that was San Pedro. Mom, that, that was fun, but that was I would have preferred to have broken down six restaurants over six days. <laughs> yes. Oh. Another yeah. opening of another show. We ate like crazy people for the entire. I mean, that and know. it's a carb. It's a carb heavy culture. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, let's have carbs. It was phenomenal. No, really. I, I'm, I'm not just I'm not just just saying that everything was fantastic. It was just all in one day. I would have preferred to have had gone in hungry when you when you <laughs> just ate like you go into the chair, you go to the next restaurant like, oh, we're going to feed you like you go into the chair. That's what it was always like doing business in Italy, really. Like when I would go with Nef, we would go from meeting to meal to meeting to meal. And, you know, you had to go to all the different places in each city, whatever the delegation was. And like, you know, you'd, you'd go to like a final dinner. I felt like a hobbit, like the hobbits famously ate like 16 meals a day. That's what I felt like, because we would finish it with like a 10 o'clock dinner that was like six courses. Pat, you and I did a trip to Campania and, and Basilicata once. I think we ate like three different places. Do you remember we ended up in a place where they were cooking steak on a rock in front of us and like a whole steak came out of the, I mean it's just like never ended everybody wanted to share yeah we truly ate in the view of Alcatraz like we were going to the chair people what was everybody's favorite meal we had because we ate we ate our way through all four cities what was everybody's favorite meal my favorite place was definitely eat La Siciliana in San Pedro that Sicilian woman gave us that glorious platter of arancini it was actually one of the most like thorough preparation of arancini. She had them all in different shapes. Each shape corresponded to its filling. It was brilliant. She gave us that lasagna that like I almost wanted to like hoard for myself and not share with anybody else. She had like organic wine with no sulfites. It was just it wasn't like the biggest meal we had, but it was definitely the best quality meal we had. And John Viola will forever uh, shame me for not loving his red sauce joints that were all horrible, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She never Aww. gives me any credit. She, if I take road to a restaurant, she tells me. It's it's the worst. It's the, I I love these places. I go crazy for these places. I I think for me, but like you know, I'm not gonna lie and say that they executed a dish well when they didn't. Although Michelli's in Hollywood had very good aglio olio. Yes, you keep talking about that. Most places screw up. No, because most places screw it up. They always like burn the garlic or it's too watery or it's too that. They actually had very good aglio olio. Another proprietor that warms up to us throughout the evening by the end i feel like he wanted to jump on the bus with us and come home and yeah. come on our because i think that people yeah. in the age of social media realize that engagement could go in a way that they don't anticipate yes so then you have someone who comes in and and mocks you or you know makes fun of things i don't i don't blame them for being cautious but yeah. i'll tell you something every meal i had in san pedro was excellent it's true everyone we dealt with in san pedro the bakery what was the name of the bakery john it was Joseph's Bakery. Yes. yes. That was excellent. Uh, Bono's awesome. was excellent. Yeah, jo- uh, Joseph's Bakery was the first one. Yes. The, the Sicilian restaurant was, uh, was outstanding. It was excellent. And the last gentleman we dealt with. The San Pedro Fish Market. Yeah. No, he was outstanding. Uh, wonderful guy. The other gentleman that we dealt with who had the restaurant that had been in the family. Justin, right? What was his name? Yeah. Justin. 
Yeah, I mean, Dustin, yeah, with the, with the truffle on the pizza. Dustin, his name was Dustin Trani. Right, mm-hmm. Trani's restaurant. That was phenomenal. Yeah. The, the truffle, he must have spent $5,000 on truffle on pizza for us. It was <laughs> all fantastic, good. the fish market. The only thing is we ate in five excellent restaurants and a bakery in one day, and I would like to have done it over time just so that we could have enjoyed it one because we go eat, run. I mean, that, that was the nature of the beast, but... Yeah, it was they were all excellent. Trying blown the gentleman in Buenos was such a nice guy. The food was excellent. He was he was so kind. No, really, they really were. They were very, very nice people. I have to tell you guys a story about La Siciliana, too, that we didn't get to tell you. So as these guys know, I got to meet up with my cousin Tony for the first time in LA. He lived nearby and he wasn't letting me come across the United States without meeting him. And um we got into talking and I was saying to him all the places that we ate at. So after we left, he actually took his wife to La Siciliana and he mentioned all of us and she treated him so well because of us going there. He said, I had the arancine, I had the cannoli, I had all this delicious food, the lasagna. He said it was absolutely wonderful. So we definitely left our mark on the community out there. And it was just a really nice thing. That was my favorite restaurant too out there. So I might've prodded my cousin in a little bit to get him there you got to throw our name around places and they'll treat you well that's mm-hmm. right tell them he we said, sent you really if you did. wanted if you want if you're in if you're in the los angeles area even if you're as far down as san diego i think that all the businesses in san pedro was a very very authentic and beautiful experience san pedro is interesting let's we're going to skip let's skip san diego for a moment and talk about san pedro because for those who are unaware the reason we stopped there is because only in 2019 san pedro created America's essentially newest Little Italy in a business improvement district to finally codify and acknowledge that this this area had been up to like 50 something percent Italian in the 40s and 50s and 60s and is still 40 some odd percent Italian. And it's right near the port of Los Angeles. It's a very interesting area. It's primarily Italian American. There's a lot of Croatian Americans. It's a very, very tight knit neighborhood, but it's never had the sort of footprint of a little Italy. So now what they're doing is a lot of these businesses are either opening or moving in a business corridor that they've created to create this new little Italy. And it's all been the effort of our friend Joe Buscaino, who's an LA city council member and just a passionate Italian American. He spent some time with us there uh, as well during the day, took some time from his busy schedule. But the interesting thing about San Pedro is it had all these wonderful little businesses and they're all moving into this new corridor to like sort of strength in numbers for a new little Italy. Everybody was so enthusiastic about it. There seemed like a lot of community buy-in. And it just seemed like the recurring theme for me throughout California was evidenced in San Pedro and San Diego, frankly, and all these places, which is Italian communities that are not fearful of change. They're running headfirst into change. They're addressing it. They're willing to you know, accommodate this idea that you need to work together to, to keep this area Italian and keep the businesses going. They just were very courageous, like the gentleman from Trani's restaurant, third generation restaurateur. He studied in Thailand. He studied in Italy. He studied under Michelin star chefs. And now he's doing this really interesting stuff with what used to be essentially a red sauce joint, which is why I took us there. But the food is really off the charts. And he's like using rare ingredients. And it's just so forward thinking. And the business has boomed because of it. I feel like sometimes back east, you don't see that kind of courage to evolve forward in Italian institutions. It's like, oh, we have to serve the same stuff we served in 1930 and 1960 and 1980. Did you guys get that same sense? 
Yeah, I thought the food there was like super traditional, but well, but modernly executed. The place was very modern and kind of hip and was kind of like a place that you want to hang out. You know, like you'd meet a date there, you'd, uh, you'd take your family there. I thought they really did a good job at like modernizing it enough where it's current and people don't feel, you know, like it's kitschy going to Little Italy. Um, I thought they did such a good job there. And there was so much heart in everything. And I personally love um, love seeing that like the entire area of San Pedro where it was basically immigrants from uh, from East Yeah. I love that. I love as someone who like came from a small town and, you know, I, I know what it's like to be in a microcosm of a small town in Italy, in America. When I see things like that, it's really sweet to me. Yeah. Everybody was from Ishka. It was amazing. And Pat, of course, knew all the patron saints. And like when we walked in, you saw Pat, you solved another family mystery at Joseph's bakery. Cause they had the patron. Saint. I know it wasn't. No, they, mystery, they, they knew they what knew. it was, but yeah. I recognized what it was. You recognize it like it right Santa, away. It was, it was a crocheted Santa Restituta. But I mean, that's, that's why I'm here. That's the stuff I know. If that, if that wasn't the case, <laughs> why would you have me? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And, you know, San Diego was similar in a sense because San Diego many years ago created their Little Italy, a business improvement district. Marco LaMondri uh, led this charge, and they've done a really good job. There was like two surviving institutions left in San Diego, right? There was uh, – what's the pizza joint we went to? Philippi's Pizza Grotto. There was Philippi's Pizza Grotto. and The, ni- a- the nicest people. Super nice. nice people. Super nice people. When you come from New Jersey, it scares you. When you're in a foreign <laughs> place – and people in an elevator in a hotel just start like, oh, isn't it a lovely day today? You, you, you're disarmed. Hey, our server at Philippi's Pizza Gravo was from northeastern Pennsylvania originally. That makes sense. How did you forget that? Of yes. course. Oh, mea culpa. Mea culpa. Mea maxima culpa. We became culpa. best friends at that I'm sure, point. absolutely. But, 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 but why would you not? I mean. Yeah. That's perfectly fitting. Mm-hmm. You know what else impressed me about San Diego? The Sicilian pastry. Yeah. I didn't eat them because of the nut allergy issues, but they were very, very authentic. I mean, they looked fantastic. I'm sure they tasted as good. That, that's the interesting thing about San Diego is because they started this little Italy, what was really you know a huge Italian population, tuna fishermen. Apparently, it was the tuna fishing capital of the world for a long time. It was all Italians. And uh, the beauty of it is a lot of new Italian businesses have opened there. So the whole theme of our episode there is around this idea that they – coined the term hip and historic and it actually managed to accomplish that i mean i was stunned at how many people were out enjoying a sunday we we started with mass at the italian national parish there and then got to explore with uh, a representative from little italy business improvement district which was great and uh i was really impressed by these new businesses coming in like you said pat the pastry shops the gelaterias it had such a vibrancy and of course we then went to a restaurant for dinner called Civico 1845, which was uh, an Italian restaurant started by a Calabresi chef. And we opted for the theme of the episode to sample their vegan platter, which, you know, I'm not sure vegan prosciutto and sobresatas for me and doya and those kind of things, but it was 
you know, kind of along the theme of like a modern take on Italian America, but their other food was really good. I mean, it was a really good Calabrese restaurant. I, I was very impressed by what we saw there and, and how the businesses have gelled together. That seemed to me to be the whole trip was a lot of, you know, in different cities, different things, right? Like LA beyond San Pedro, we found really interesting Italian American stuff. We obviously got to visit probably the best museum in the country for Italian Americans in the Italian American Museum of LA with their executive director and, and really founder, Mariana Gatto. She is a gem. She is an absolute gem. Yeah, she was awesome. She is the shining diamond in the diadem of California Italian America. <laughs> yes, I'm sure she would be thrilled by that. We got to get her no, on the really, show, No, really, that's absolutely. She is she would, outstanding. Yeah. She, she, was, she was the highlight of the whole trip, really. She's a phenomenal person. She was, she's fantastic. She's a beautiful museum. And the reason I say it is that John and I and, and Ro and Stephanie, people who are connected with us, sometimes we feel that we're in a little bit of a bubble. And when we find other people who share that bubble with us, it's always reassuring. She's definitely one of us. She's a super 100% obsessive Italian American. And the museum is off the charts. I mean, everything is top notch. The exhibits are fantastic. They still had a display on St. Joseph's Day that they had created right before COVID when uh, they were going to do this amazing exhibit on St. Joseph's tables. And then obviously everything went haywire. So it's still up there. If you're in L.A., definitely worth a stop and, and say hi to Mariana. She's just the nicest, most welcoming Italian American. And she's like another Italian American Wikipedia level kook like Pat. So you can imagine. Kook? <laughs> yes, kook? Kook. No, yeah. no, no, no. Shrek that from the record. Kook? Stricken. Stricken, sir. Uh, well, well, what's what's the like best? Her, passionate, passionate Italian American. They put kooks in asylum. <laughs> no, no, not in our community. They don't. But she is, she is like. See, no, that's why the millennials, they love that. They love dressing up for Halloween being called kook. I do not want to be called kook. Pardon me. She's even if it's true. Even if you calling her a kook. I think she's passionate, Please. passionate, like, uh, like all of us. But you and her were in like deep, deep back and forth on some very, very specific topics let's put it that way you and her had deep great conversations no yeah sure She's yeah. A, it's it's like i said it's the italian american academy yes the italian american academy which has always been your goal but the thing i was bringing up about la was la the second part of la where we did you know different stop they're all spread out there's no there's no other little italy san pedro is la's little italy and then by the time we got to san francisco it was an interesting mix of like you know, San Francisco is a very well-established Little Italy, which actually surprised me. Having been there a couple of times and stopped by the North Beach section of Little Italy, I was very surprised at how much, how many older businesses there were. I mean, San Francisco is a very healthy size Little Italy. It doesn't really have the same infusion of new, it's still getting new Italian businesses, but not like the other spots. San Francisco sort of like uh, New York and Boston and, and other places, Chicago, where Little Italy has really survived. And in some ways it's thrived even better. I was, I was very impressed by how much business was there. The Italian American athletic club that we got to visit is thriving. It's got a ton of members. And very lovely people. Yes. Really, really nice. And, we Gina, got the- and what was the gentleman's name again? We met so many people. Nick. Nick yeah. Everybody Nick. was, yeah. Everybody yeah, was, fit, fit, you know, even, and the reason the names escape us, we, we were with them with such a, for such a small amount of time, but it was, yeah, they were very, could not have been any more welcoming. No, I wish. And I mean, we talk about like Liguria bakery. That place was from 1911. I mean, there was, Oh, the focaccia was so good. It was really good. Yeah. It was, it was I thought it was really, really good, but, but let me say this. 
because I, I Pat and Ro crucify me off the air, and we're moving towards less editing on the show, so we want to give you a little bit more not, insight. Not, no, 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 I don't like less editing. But we, D- we, different editors, different, like different. Yeah, <laughs> we want to go I, we'll give you a, I, I'm a little. Not, I'm not. You don't little, want me unchained. No, that's true. No, we, no, no, yeah. no, no, but, no, 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 no. <laughs> we want no, people no. to see the relationships we have. No, you don't. You don't. You don't want to edit, but that's not a good thing. <laughs> you don't want me unedited. But my it, point, it'll be the end. Would be the end of Guys, the show. write in if you'd like a new show called Pat Unchained. Because I think <laughs> <laughs> did right. you do? You were supposed to do a T-shirt. For, I never asked for a T-shirt. I asked for one. Lumina Sustans. Yeah, I'm working on it. Are you really? Yeah, I got. I got the thing you sent me. Can on you the... do a? Can you do me in Catanata a, a T-shirt with me in chains? Yeah, unchained. <laughs> would it? Would the chains have editing? <laughs> in in, 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 in with the chains written with the into word, it. With, with yes, the word, with the chains, chains. Would be, be like that's funny. Iron word editing. I'll make you like the Statue of Justice no, with no, the blindfold, no, but, stop, but no, over your mouth. Me, why, yo, that's the editing is God's gift to me. You're not kidding. The only reason I ever this was editing. Well, my point is, I want you could you see... you could you could pay off the national debt even in these days if you had me unedited. <laughs> There's no no one should get. We've never, no. I've never sold anything in my life, but me unedited would actually be commercially viable. <laughs> yes, we could do, we could do like call-ins where you just get to listen. And you'd have on the to phone. have, yeah, sure. Yeah, so no, no record kept. But I want, what I want is, I want everybody to see more of the kind of our back and forth because you know the show requires a lot of editing, and I want to move us. To he video. don't want to edit. He don't want to edit. He no, I want to move us to video. I want to get video. Me. I don't want to be in video. I'm in my basement. I have 1970 curtains behind me when he wants to do these uh, Zoom calls. I, I I had the phone for 45 years of my life, 46 years. I didn't need a camera phone. They used to have that on Star Trek. We don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> if you want to hear me, you don't need to see my face gesticulating. Nor do you need to see the 1970s curtains they had to, 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 to put up as a, as a background. But they tell me, like, you can make these fake backgrounds, but I don't trust them. But my, but my point is, though, what I want to get everybody is an insight into us. I know how we do these episodes with the video, which I hate. Yes, which you hate. You hate making. I yes. hate them because I'm not an actor. I was made for radio. But you guys give me a lot of grief about the restaurant selection because I constantly pick red sauce places. I want to show historical. That, that that's not true. Ro does. We got to give me the most grief. She gives Ro, me... Ro's the troublemaker in this. She goes in. I'd Senora from Brooklyn. With the <laughs> I just don't want to die. I don't want to go to a restaurant where they have achitosa tomatoes that are going to kill me, like in a can, like with Brioski night tomatoes. As long as you don't buy the cheapest tomatoes you can find that are basically acid with paste that will kill me, I'm on board. Is that fair? John Yola will sit there and eat a plate of burnt chicken livers before he tells you he doesn't like your food, ladies and gentlemen. That is true. But I do like everybody's food. That's the difference. John won't tell you, but I really... Really, I, I have. I don't mind. Yeah, I, I like, but I think there's a redeeming. There is at least one redeeming plate at every restaurant we go to, right? There's at least one plate you can you could write home about. Of course, yeah. I, I like the Ali Alio. What do you guys want from me? But uh, all I'm saying is, like, I love red sauce places. There are red sauce places, and then there are red sauce places, and then there are places that you know you throw the tomato sauce against the wall and it's fixed. Yeah, for me, it's like a matter of did I find the oldest place in a city? That's like my goal. I, it's like time travel more than a culinary experience for me. I, I, the setting is so important. But I will say the reason I started this whole diatribe is because I think my favorite dinner based on the company and the fun we had and how embraced we were by the institution was at America's oldest Italian restaurant, Fior d'Italia in San Francisco, because those guys absolutely 
welcomed us. I mean, by the end, we were hanging out with them and telling stories and they were touring us and we're meeting their cousins. And and it's, you know, 1890 something, the oldest continually operated Italian restaurant. It's, it's moved five times, it's burned down three times. And it was good food. We enjoyed a lot of the food, but the company and we we drank some great wine. We laughed like hell the whole night. I very much recommend going over and saying hi to the family there at Fiorita Italia, uh, especially if you tell them that you learned about them through us. I'm sure you'll get a very hearty welcome. I, I think that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? They don't remember who we are. Oh, yes, come they on. do. We were they hugging don't. them. Cat, I'm still in touch that. with them. I well, was maybe, texting maybe, them while maybe. we were in Cleveland. Why are they? Are they actually? They must be from northeastern Pennsylvania. They are not. They <laughs> <from laughs> are. Do they have like a lump of coal when you walk in? Oh, I, it's a coal cracker. I gave it to them These as a present don't. when I, I walked think, in I as know. a peace offering. Maybe. And now we're friends. So there as you have peace it. O- as a peace offering? That's beautiful. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a Pennsylvania tradition? You go to someone's house with a piece of coal? I no. thought that was a bad thing. Isn't that what no. Santa Claus does no. to bad children? It's what Santa Claus does to bad children. But if you give somebody a piece of coal oh. at any other time during the year, it's a good luck thing. So those statues really? that I sent That's to you, fantastic. they're good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, I didn't know. <laughs> but yes, I'm still in touch with these guys. They're nice. Yeah, they were really. I mean, the Fear the Italian people were great to us. They were taking us everywhere. And and the gentlemen at Prani's, Buono's, uh, uh, Joseph's Restaurant, Busagia, even the gentleman with the market in San Pedro. We got. If I had to go into exile, that is a place that I would feel comfortable going into exile. Wow. Because they were high there was, praise. Because there was an us feeling there. Yeah. There was an us. You know, you don't find that in a lot of the country, but there was definitely a feeling of us. We had some interesting stuff too. Like these episodes, because we were doing four episodes at once, you know, we did a lot of eating, a lot of marketplaces, a lot of pastries. I mean, like we said, we ate our face off, but we also got to go to the museum, got to go to some incredible churches, Italian national parishes or, or local parishes. We went to the Watts towers, which was like a really interesting sort of sidestep into the creation of an Italian American who built this outsider art, these amazing towers in Watts section of LA. That was really fascinating for me. Yeah, well, well, that was fun. That was definitely fun. Sizzling summer entertainment from Italy is on Mediaset Italia. Tempt yourself with a brand new season of Temptation Island. Take in the wonders of history and nature with docuseries Freedom. Say ciao to a best of edition of Italy's favorite primetime entertainment show, Ciao Darwin. Plus, new drama Mazzantonio premieres July 21st. It's about an investigator who tracks down the missing and who was once a missing person himself. Direct TV has the Italian TV you love. Get Mediaset Italia a la carte for $10 a month plus taxes or Italian Direct Package for $20 a month plus taxes. Visit directtv.com slash mediaset or call 1-877-912-2702 to learn more and to subscribe. World Direct a la carte service requires activation of a qualifying base package. All programming is subject to change. For new customers, equipment lease, activation, early termination, equipment non-return, and other charges and restrictions apply. Call 1-877-912-2702 or visit att.com for full details. Yeah, but I did. I thought the Watts Tower was fascinating. I, I thought this was a totally different trip than the ones we've taken. I mean, Roe, when you and I started this thing, we had no idea what this greetings from Italian America was going to be. I, I kind of always hoped we'd make our way out to California, but it seems like now that the, the whole thing is taking on a much bigger presence. Like we're, we're starting to get real traction. We're starting to, I mean, when we 
another subsequent trip that we didn't film, Pat and I and Stephanie and some of our other friends and team members, we went to uh, Cleveland for the ISDA convention and we were presenting on the show to the ISDA as a sort of, you know, continuation of their sponsorship and share what, what we've done. And uh, in doing the setup for the presentation, I realized that between the ISDA Facebook and our YouTube page, the first eight episodes, I think, or nine episodes, whatever it's been, um, I guess eight episodes, the first eight episodes up until that point had been viewed 1.3 million times. This is like a legit show. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't think, you know, I thought we were just going to like walk around a feast and eat stuff. Like, and uh, I, I'm always shocked when people want to watch that sort of stuff. But I guess I am and I'm not at the same time. But I, I couldn't have guessed that like there would be such momentum to see these like really obscure places. Like we're going to go to Westfield, New Jersey, and we're going to show you the most Italian-American stuff in Westfield, New Jersey. Like, and there are people that are really interested in it. Uh, it's, it's shocking and it's awesome and it's beautiful at the same time. Which coincidentally, up until now, we just released Baltimore last week. That was the one episode Roe did not make it to Pat and I went on a boys trip to get a bocce lesson in Baltimore, which was a lot of fun. We definitely missed Roe, but the best episode by uh, like huge numbers is Scranton, Pennsylvania, which Stephanie kind of guaranteed us would happen. So I don't know, Stephanie, I don't know what we have to do to figure out the magic of Scranton and and bottle it and bring it everywhere else. But yeah, it's places that people don't expect. I think that they are really drawn to finding these Italian American communities where you don't expect them. It's true. And I mean, I could joke around with you and say, well, you have me on your team. So you've got the Scranton magic. Yes, we do. We have the bottle, (laughs) which is a good thing. Um, But to me, I think that's just like what Rose said. I think that people are just looking for that interesting hook about Italian America that they might not have known about previously. Even when I do my road trips, because John, you know, I love my road trips and I try to explore little Italian things as I go. I'm very willing to go out of my way several hours on a road trip just to find something Italian American. When I post that to my social media, just my personal ones, people are intrigued by how did you find the Italian store in Waverly, New York? Like it's a, one of those things. I think people want that sense of community and because we're in an ever increasing digital age, there's ways to create that community digitally. And I think that that's what we're doing here. It's an exciting thing to be a part of and I get to produce part of it. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. I really love it. I love the, I mean, I love the, the podcast, obviously we've got some great loyal listeners out there but i have to say i get very excited about the filming because it's one thing to talk about a topic it's another to be able to share it visually and people to show people these places and and see us on the road you know like pat's joking about with the backdrop but like we're doing these things through zoom now uh since the pandemic started and frankly we'll probably continue doing them through zoom because it's so much easier and so, you know, seeing our heads in front of a static backdrop is one thing, but being able to come into the back of a place and into a place like Watts Towers or see the museum or eat with us, there's a big, uh, I think, appeal to that. And for me, as a storyteller, I love it because we get to actually engage with these places. I just found California to be so, so warm and so inviting, which, you know, you don't expect as an Italian American from the East coast. I, I don't think you expect the reception that we got. It does feel oftentimes like a different Italian America, but it was just really wonderful. And to see the similarities and see the themes there and see how courageous everybody was to bring our culture, evolve our culture forward into the 21st century. It was a very, very pleasant surprise. And yeah, yeah we're going hitting the road as much as we can, all things considered right now. We got a bunch of stuff planned in the future. So the show 
the the web series is going to continue to grow and isda has agreed to sponsor another batch of episodes for another season so we'll have a season two coming at you in the near future and uh i, I just feel really good about doing these i really really enjoy them and california was not just because i got to spend time with you guys which i love it was a really warm and pleasant trip based on the experiences with the people that's what i found can i tell them the hippie story yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> so let me just let me let me set the record because we Stephanie it dawned on Stephanie and I the other day. If Pat's the Italian American Wikipedia, she's the Italian American Google, which means she will find anything she has to about Italian America and she will research it, newspaper archives, and I don't know how you find this stuff. Pat, it's like it springs to his head in his late night reading, but you will search out anything. So you were in a production role behind the scenes of everything we did. You were not on camera in California. And uh, which may be the secret to our success in Scranton, by the way, was having you on camera. Um, Very funny. I don't like being on camera. I know you don't. Neither does Pat, but we convinced him. But you were out finding like very unique stories in all the places we went. So you you ended up finding the Italian at the root of the hippie movement. Why don't you share that? I know you're excited about that. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I was like, I'm in San Francisco. I am obsessed with 1960s music. If you know me well, I even have 60s vinyl. It's just one of those things that I absolutely love. And I'm a big Janis Joplin fan. Um, I have Pearl on vinyl. That's how much I love that album. So we had some free time our last day in San Francisco. And I said to John, I'm going to go to hate Ashbury. And he was like, you're going to do what? I was not into that. As I'm not a hippie, and I did not want her mother to tell me you sent my daughter alone to hate Ash. I don't know. Is hate Ash very safe? I have no idea. San Francisco didn't feel particularly safe, I have to be honest. Yeah, it was a very interesting. And actually, hate Ashbury was the safest place I was in in San Francisco, which is very ironic. So I took an Uber from the hotel, and I went to go see Janis Joplin's house. It's on Ashbury Street, 625, I believe, is the address, if anybody wants to go see it. It's a beautiful pink Victorian. And I decided to just kind of walk around the neighborhood. I didn't want to spend too much time because obviously I had to get back to get on the plane to come home. So I went in a little shop that was nearby. They were selling all this hippie tie-dye flowers, all sorts of that stuff there. And I struck up a conversation with the shop owner. And he said to me, he's like, you're standing where the hippie movement began. I was like, yeah, I get that. Like, I I knew that. He said, you have to go next door. I said, what's next door? He said, it used to be Peggy Caserta's shop. And I was like, well, who's Peggy Caserta? And he said to me, he's like, well, she was a close friend of Janis Joplin's, but she was also a seamstress. So she had a sewing shop there and it was there where bell bottoms were created. Some hippie that was in Haight-Ashbury, his jeans got ripped. He didn't know what to do. So he brought them to her shop. She happened to have a little piece of fabric left over. So she put the fabric there and that's how bell bottoms were created. And Peggy Caserta's family, I did some research when we got home. She, it comes from an Italian American family from Sicily that settled in New Orleans. And it's at her shop as well, where um, a reporter was there. And he's the one who actually coined the word hippie based off of his experiences in her shop. And I have to say the old hippies that were hanging out on Ashbury and Tate, like at that famous corner, they were so nice. Like they wanted to make sure that I crossed the street. Okay. They were, you know, saying now, honey, like make sure that you cross on that side. Don't go to this other. So 
even though you were very nervous, John, and I understand <laughs> why, because you think, hey, Dash Fairy, there's got to be, and there was the smell of pot around. I, I'm going to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> it smelled like pee and pot. <laughs> yep. It sounds like New York. <laughs> but they were the most friendly, nicest people in that neighborhood. But I did not expect, I thought that was my morning away from anything Italian-American. Um, it was just me experiencing the 60s music side of things. And I found out about the Italian-American connection to the hippie movement. So cool stuff. So that's a nice surprise that you tracked an Italian American to the creation of the word hippie and to the creation of bell bottoms and which is so big in San Francisco. I mean, it's yeah. such a huge part of the culture in California. Uh, Ro, did you have any pleasant surprises in San Francisco? No, just in California. Oh, in California. Um, I, I thought that everybody was super warm and like super traditional, but just hip at the same time. It's hard to explain. Like, you know, when you come from the East Coast and everything is so in your face and like it, it, the East Coast way of being Italian is, you know, what's portrayed so much in the media, especially that, you know, you forget that there are so many different kinds of Italian Americans out there. And I just thought that everybody was so uniquely Italian American there. Here kind of Italian Americans are, are all very similar in, in the Northeast, in New York, at least. I think you make a great point. I think a lot of the sort of popular conception of Italian America is based on our version here in the Northeast. And I think that that sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, like the businesses then amend to have to fit that. And it does take on this kind of parody patina. And out there, it was just this authentically unique Italian America. Yeah, I totally agree. Where do you want to go next? What's like it, it, all things considered, we obviously have to base our travel around what's available and what's open and what's convenient. But like, after doing that, I'm supercharged. I am like making my list. What's the spot you want to see the most next? I think I, I mean, I've seen Chicago's Little Italy, but I, I would love to see it with you guys. I mean, it's, it's totally different when you go by yourself than when you go with like a, a group like this. So I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to do Boston. Um, I'm excited about a lot of things, but, but that's my point. Like, even if I've seen it already, I, I want to see it with you guys because it's a totally different experience. You're totally right. Uh, that's how I felt in San Francisco. I've been, I have not been to San Diego's literally until then. And I had not been to San Pedro and, you know, LA, the greater LA, we did sort of one-off attractions and I used to live there. And uh, I found when I lived there, I went to one or two places and, and now doing it this way, I was like, wow, I, I felt so out of my Italian bubble in LA when I lived there for like eight, nine months, I wish I had known this stuff was there because doing it together, we really take this deep dive. And that's the, a lot of it's thanks to Stephanie and Joe and all the work they do research in these things beforehand. But I think for me in San Francisco, I got that same feeling. It was like the first time I went two or three times I've gone, I've stopped in literally I've had a meal, but it always felt sort of like I wasn't mine, but doing it with you guys made me feel like, I don't know, more courageous, more, in uh, engaged and uh i was just so impressed by it I, I thoroughly enjoyed san francisco's little italy in north beach and the, the shopping and we didn't even get to see some of it because like the bookstore was closed the day we were there there's an italian bookstore it's just it's nice to do this stuff together i think for me i can't wait till we can start doing the really small places where you know like tonty town arkansas or uh denver and pueblo colorado and places that you don't expect that have little Italy's. I'm dying to see that and particularly together. I, okay. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to get it. <laughs> we'll do them all. I'm not saying I, I'm going to pick those places first. I mean, we'll, we'll do them all. We got to do Boston. That's high on the list. Chicago, 
uh, look, St. Louis. I mean, we had a great interview with the filmmaker behind the, the Hill documentary. We've, we've not done that yet. We got to do that. There's so many great destinations to go to. I'm sure we could work on that. Absolutely. I'll research it. <laughs> but I have to say something too. You guys don't realize the effect that you've had on me. Like I do this as the producer and you know, I've always been interested in the Italian American experience in all of this, but now whenever I'm out and about on my own, I'm actually looking more in depth for the Italian American things because I want to bring it to you because I know that you will be like me and be really excited by these things. If I'm out seeing some Italian American thing, I mean, John, you're one of the first people that I text, like, look at what I found. Like, this is so cool. And I think that's important because with a show like Greetings from Italian America and just with the podcast in and of itself, what we're doing is, is that we're preserving this for more people. And there might be somebody that might not be able to ever see this place, but you're bringing it to them and getting to be a part of this and being able to say like, here's this little slice of Italian America that you're not getting to see. It's really exciting. And it makes me want to go out of my way on a road trip to discover something or try to see the world with new eyes. And I think that is from hanging out with you guys and seeing places with new eyes that it's changed my perception of a lot of things too. Yeah, there's nothing quite like traveling with a bunch of good Italian friends and seeking out the Italian side of America. That's been a mm -hmm. huge joy for me. And so I want to thank you guys for putting in the hard work because it's a lot of work and, uh, you know, there's no compensation coming for this. And it's uh, it's about dedication and love and it's about preserving and, and, and promoting these places. So thank you guys for making that trip possible. And I hope our audience out there takes a look at YouTube. And if you haven't already watched Greetings from Italian America, it's on our YouTube channel. You can find it from our website. You can find it by searching on YouTube. Really, any of our social media platforms will get you there. I think it's a project we're near and dear to all of our hearts and uh, just re-upped for a second season. So we're going to bring you a lot more adventures from Italian America uh, over the next couple of months. So, But John, I'm going to leave now. Yeah, yeah. We, we have an event to go to tonight. See, people, he runs me ragged. This <laughs> event, that event. And then I got to wear a suit. I got to get all dressed and ready for this because John has me booked for a doubleheader today. Time out. Uh, you have me booked tonight, my friend. Yeah, but, but no, but I booked the event first and then the <laughs> podcast came. So really, okay. yeah. you, were the, you were the double booker. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I got to go. You're a double, you're a double booker. Uh, I'm going to ask. Ro, Ro's going to call you a red sauce. A red double sauce. Booker. Johnny Red Sauce. You red sauce, double booker you. Why would uh, anybody listen to this? This is kind of a whacked out conversation. Because I edit. Why would you want this on film? <laughs> Past backdrop has to be like lace curtains and like Capo di Monte. Yes, like <laughs> yes, Capo di Monte and plastic on the furniture. This has been a lot of fun. I think Pat's right. We've got plenty of stuff tonight. I know I got to jump off for uh, another event that him and I are going to for the Campani del Mondo. I think the people yep. from yeah, it's another big Italian event. So that, that they keep rolling and uh, the calendar keeps packing up. So. From all of us at the Italian American Podcast, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Ciao, guys. Da, 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 da.